We are LP Magazine, and since 2001, we've been the leader in providing content and education for the loss prevention and asset protection industry. And we are known as the voice and authority of the LP community. Each episode, we'll be sharing and discussing the latest in trends and current issues related to all things retail and profit protection. You're listening to the LPM Podcast. I think it's uh, good morning for almost everyone, but we do have several folks here where it's afternoon already, so I will just say good day to all. And I'd like to welcome you and thank you for participating in today's webinar on the retail impact of COVID-19, Lessons from Spain. My name is Kevin McMenamin. I'm the Chief Operating Officer for Loss Prevention Magazine and for LPM Media Group, and I will be your moderator today. With me is Jack Britton, Editorial Director for Loss Prevention Magazine. And in a moment, I will introduce you to Todd Hooper, who is the country manager for Alto Spain and our guest speaker this morning. Now, before we get started, let's review a quick, uh, few quick uh, housekeeping items. We will be recording the webinar for those who weren't able to attend today. And we're looking to make this available as a podcast as well as a recorded webinar in the event that you'd like to share this with your peers and your teams. If you'd like to review the webinar again, an archived version will be available in the next few days and you and uh, can be accessed using the same link that was sent to you earlier. Others in your organization can also register and access the archived webcast for the next several months by accessing the webinar at lostpreventionmedia.com. Now everyone listening will be muted, but if you have any questions during the webcast, you can click on the Q&A box at the bottom of your screen to submit your question. We'll try to answer as many questions as possible at the end of the presentation. If we're unable to answer your question live, we will be using questions from the Q&A box to help get additional answers that we will post through the lostpreventionmedia.com website, through our daily newsletters, and as follow-up stories and additional webinars that we are working to put together in the days and weeks ahead in order to just you know, get this information out there, keep all of you as informed as we can as we all navigate this unprecedented event. As we're all aware, the COVID-19 crisis has very quickly changed the world we live in, and in ways we likely all thought unimaginable just a few weeks ago, let alone a few months ago. At a time when we in the US were seeing record numbers on Wall Street, historically low unemployment numbers, travel industry flourishing, and probably our biggest concern was that our political leaders would never find any common ground in anything uh, in a very short time, obviously, all of that has flipped upside down. And in a very short time, our markets are now in turmoil. Unemployment numbers are skyrocketing. Travel is restricted. Schools are closed. Many of our stores are closed. And yes, in this stunning reversal, maybe the only good thing right now is that our political leaders are finding common ground in supporting the nation during this crisis. But as our guest speaker this morning will tell you, we are only just getting started. And everything will continue to change daily. In fact, just in the last three days, while we've been working to pull this presentation together for you uh, and share this with you, Todd and his team have had to make changes and updates every day. 
uh, in even in the hours this morning before this call because everything is changing so very quickly. The Todd Hooper is with Alto Spain. Alto has business operations around the world with operations in Latin America, here in the US and in Spain. Todd is the country manager for Alto Spain. And where we in the US are just dipping our toes in this whole COVID-19 crisis, Todd and his team are more like uh, waist deep in dealing with the industry and personal impact of this pandemic. With Spain estimated to be a good 10 to 14 days ahead of where the US is currently in dealing with this crisis, we hope that today's presentation will offer some insight into the lessons learned and foresight into what may lie ahead. Thank you, Todd, very much for taking the time to share your experiences with us this morning. I'll turn it over to you and uh, have you walk us through what you've been experiencing so far. Well, thanks a lot, Kevin, for that kind intro. Hello, everybody. Thank you so much for your interest in today's webinar. And thanks for taking the time to be with, here, with us here today. As Kevin said, my name is Todd Hooper. I'm the country manager for Grupo Alto in Spain. We're focused, we're an advanced technology services company focused on loss prevention to retail customers in Spain. On a personal note, please be advised, if I cough during this presentation, it's because I'm talking, not because I'm sick. Nobody panic. Now, our objective with this talk is to provide our listeners with specific examples of things that our retail customers are doing in Spain today. What is working and what is not. I do not pretend to have the answers or the magic wand to fix any of the, pro the problems. And as such, much of the information that we're gonna pass on to you today is very much based on common sense. Now here you'll see a little bit of our operations in Spain, and this is the competitive advantage that we have in Alto to be able to uh, advance to you guys in the United States, some of the some of the issues that our retail customers are experiencing in Spain. Thank you to our global reach as a company. Spain has been severely hit uh, today. The 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 information. I mean, it changes hourly. But uh, this morning we had twenty thousand uh, infected. 1,000 people have died to date from, from the virus. One and a half thousand people are recorded as recovered. Uh, in Spain, the general feeling is that these numbers don't reflect the reality of the situation because of course, they're only testing those people who they already know are infected and the rest uh, of the people who are infected are, aren't actually getting uh, tests. And therefore, we think that those numbers are under-reported. Our retail clients in Spain are really facing some, some big challenges. And it's all, it all revolves around uncertainty and the constant changes uh, that they've had to, to apply to, the, to all aspects of their business many of which we're going to talk about today. Um, 
so the back to the purpose of this to give our retailer retail customers maybe an extra two or three days to learn from these experiences in in spain to prepare their operations and to be able to apply faster uh some of some of what's working in spain obviously here in spain we have no idea what the future will hold with regards to the pandemic um, and this creates uh, real serious problems in decision making at our at our retailers um, but it is true that our customers have been implementing changes uh, effectively uh, rapidly um, and, and have and have really turned things around in their operations to to, to attack this. We're quite proud uh, of the way our customers are handling uh, the situation. Now, uh, I just wanted to, to share with you guys uh, kind of the, my personal story uh, about where this all began so that you can understand how fast things change. Uh, so if we go back a week and a half to Tuesday, March 10th, I was on a plane, I went to a different part of Spain. I saw some of our customers. I was in the stores. I was walking through the airports. I took taxis, went out for lunch with, with some colleagues. Uh, that was Tuesday. Now on Thursday of that week, which would be Thursday, the 12th of March, my wife was already at the grocery store spending 600 euros on groceries so that so that we wouldn't run out in 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 the panic that that everybody thought was going to ensue. We we came home Thursday night and we haven't left the house since. Um, and that's uh, a week and a day uh, to date. In Spain, the current situation is that you can only leave the house to go to the supermarket or to go to the drugstore, um, which provides its own specific challenges to our retailers uh, that we will that, that, that we'll discuss later on in this uh, presentation. But as you can see from these graphs um, and what we think uh, is going to happen is that Spain is about 10 days ahead of some other countries uh, where we have customers and so we hope that some of the information here is going to be of use to you. Now obviously all of the non-food stores have been closed in Spain. Uh, just, just for those who who don't know that was not in uh, at the start a royal decree by the government. Uh, the stores had uh, decided on their own to shut their doors, given the civic responsibility issues behind that. Um, and and that is provided. Uh, those guys are in. They're trying to contain their costs in in obviously in an emergency way. The, uh, the sales at our supermarket clients, uh, they've reported to us numbers between 70% uh, 
over forecast to some of our other customers who've reported 150% sales over forecast for a sustained period of time during three weeks. Now, I know that our retail operators um, can understand the operational impacts of having an, in, an increase in sales of 70% for a sustained period of time of three weeks. Uh, and we're going to talk about some of the issues with regards to that. Number one, uh, fresh produce was severely affected. Severely affected. Prices went up and down and up and down on a scale um, that, that we've never seen here uh, in Spain. And, and that's part of what has affected our store's cap capacity to operate profitably. But not only fresh product prices, also logistics companies have, uh, have taken advantage of the sustained uptick in sales. They've been delivering 24 hours a day. Um, their prices have increased uh, by orders of magnitude. Um, and this has also uh, increased prices in our customers with regards to the security and the operations personnel that they have to leave in the store around the clock in order to get the product in. And obviously, as everyone can understand, given the situation, our customers have had some profitability issues with regards to their labor costs. Um, in, in these times, uh, remember, all of the kids are at home. And so you don't want a family member at a grocery store where the whole community comes down to shop and then the family member comes home to have dinner with the kids. It's a very difficult situation. Many of our retail customers have had to increase pay uh, and provide bonuses to their, to their employees in order to incentivize them uh, to come to work. Now on this slide, I think you'll see that it, it says labor relations are stressed. Um, my comment would be that right now in Spain, specifically in the supermarket um, uh, area, labor relations are extremely strained. Um, our unions are very vocal. They're making specific demands. And the, the problem is that Many of the demands that they're making are reasonable and, and, and focused towards safety. Our clients are having difficulties getting their, their uh, employees to get to work. And that makes it especially hard because the government has come out with a number of, um, of plans to help employment, to help companies, help employment, um, but that also makes it easier for people to stay home and, and not going to work. The unions are demanding protective equipment. Now that makes sense. 
They want surgical masks for the for employees on the shop floor. They want surgical gloves. They want protective glasses. Um, and and that's those are reasonable demands. The problem is in Spain, all of the surgical masks and all of the surgical gloves have been hoovered up by the healthcare system. So what you see today are uh, your supermarket employees in the store using those little masks that the painters wear when they paint. And those little, sir, those little gloves that maybe mechanics wear to keep their hands clean when they're working on a car. Even to the point, those huge plastic visors that people use when they're working chainsaws have now become uh, part of the security protective equipment that, that uh, supermarket employees use uh, in their, their, daily, their daily routines in the store. Unions are also demanding reduced hours, reduced store opening hours. And this is as a result of they don't want the employees in contact with the general public. And they also want the employees to have more time to be able to spend in the home with the family. Remember that in Spain, all the kids aren't going to school. And the profile of person who works at a supermarket in Spain often has a family and often has another, the, the partner in the family also works during the day many times in the same industry. Unions are also demanding that stores restrict access to the public, meaning that if in a small supermarket, only 15 people in the store at one time, and then one in, one out. And they're also demanding that, uh, that stores restrict as access to only those products that are basics and essential. And why is this? Well, if you can imagine, the only leisure activity available to anybody in Spain practically right now is going to the supermarket. As a matter of fact, at my house, I have a shopping bag at my front door. And what that allows me to do is to go for a walk. Because if the police find me without the shopping bag, then I'm going for, for a walk. But if they find me with the shopping bag, then I'm coming home from the grocery store, which is a legal activity today. And therefore, what people are doing for the leisure activity is going to the supermarket, hanging around the aisles, chatting with each other, and the employees of, this, of the supermarket see an increased risk to their own health in those situations. The unions want people to get in, do their shop, get out fast so that we can do our job inside the store.
obviously there's been supply chain disruptions. Um, with the increase in sales, manufacturers in Spain have seen their inventories reduced. Uh, and as a result, they're running their manufacturing processes longer on single products and producing less SKUs. In speaking with our retail customers about this webinar, they said uh, their comments were tell the retailers to call their suppliers and try and influence which of those products they're going to put on those long runs so that you can get the product that you want in the store. Many of our retailers uh, have, have, are having problems showing the product assortment that they would like to show. Retailers are now open 24 hours to receive merchandise. This impacts the retailer's profitability. It means extra security. It means extra personnel in, this, in the store overnight at an added cost. Um, very difficult. And also, as all of our retail customers know, in times like these, when sales go through the roof and you're not able to respond with resources on the ground, the store warehouses are now collapsed. They're receiving on the, uh, at the back door, but they don't have enough people to get the stuff from the warehouse onto the shop floor and in front of the customers. And this is, this is uh, creating traffic jams of products that can't get through to the customer. When we talk about external and internal theft, uh, obviously in, in situations like these, theft is high. We don't know, we still don't know, any of the numbers associated the, from the theft from the last three weeks. Um, but we, our estimations for our, our customers uh, put it at levels that are unprecedented in their operations. But not only external theft, internal theft. Things like personal protective equipment, basic needs that have been in short supply over the last three weeks are, uh, are, are really susceptible to internal theft, uh, especially in hard to find necessities. And given the fact that the operations of the store have to change, leaving aspects of security less protected. Now, our customers are making hard decisions fast. Things that a month ago would seem completely unreasonable, now they're putting into practice in, in, in a question of a couple of hours. Opening hours at the same, at the same store are changing daily. Customer communication all over the store is changing daily. But the most important part of the hard decisions that our customers are making are with their operations. Think about changing the replenishment activities from 
the morning to the evening so that you can free up the morning to disinfect the store before the customers come in. Now, what this translates to on the ground is that our customers are having to delegate a lot of decision-making down to the store managers. They're the only ones who can implement and execute uh, these changes in a fashion where it gets right in front of the customer's face in, uh, in a timely manner. And that's what's happening in Spain. Now, it's, it's, it's not all bad news, uh, depending on your perspective, because what our customers are telling us that this week, starting on Tuesday or Wednesday, sales have fallen off a cliff. Our customers are now not meeting their original projections for sales for these last few days. People are talking about 30% and 50% less sales than they predicted. These guys, not necessarily these guys, but our global retailers uh, in Spain that don't do food, uh, food products, uh, they're in big trouble. There's no other way to put it. I'd like to say I'd like to say that they were having significant challenges, but I don't think that's the case. I think they're in big trouble. Uh, Spain has a very mature and very robust physical retail presence. There's lots of stores and lots of places and lots of employees in them. Now those employees aren't working. Um, those the doors of those stores are closed. And those companies are looking desperately to, to contain their costs. And they're looking towards the government for help. They're also looking for bank relief. Many of them have already laid off all of their employees. And some of them are even considering not paying the rent. All of the security personnel in these stores have gone to the supermarkets. And even so, the supermarkets are calling around to find more security personnel. Even the employees of these stores are going to the supermarkets on a temporary basis to help with the increase of sales. But what we didn't know three weeks ago is that three days ago, the sales wouldn't come around and would fall off a cliff. Now, um, food and drug stores serve a public need. And this has been an interesting development in Spain. And in my opinion, it's critical for our retail customers all over the world to start looking at the public service piece and the employee piece. Just to give you an example of how important this has become to Spanish society, on Saturday, March 14th, every single family in Spain went to the window at 10 o'clock at night 
and applauded for the healthcare professionals and their sacrifice and their dedication to help uh, Spanish society. You could actually hear it in my neighborhood. All over the country, people applauding healthcare workers. And on Sunday, March 15th, they did the same thing for supermarket employees. Who would think that supermarket employees rank number two on society's important collective um, of, of workers? Well, that's what's happening in Spain. And the learning for this, for our retail customers around the world is how you treat your employees is visible today to the society at large and to your customers. And it makes a big difference. Limiting exposure, changes to in-store operations. Listen, the operations have to change. Um, I imagine all of the retail professionals understand this, but I'll give you a, a, a quick example uh, of what's going on in Carrefour these days in Spain. Now I worked for Carrefour. Uh, I was a store director. It's a hypermarket, much like a Walmart in the United States. And they have those little blue cleaning bottles that are kept in cupboards behind the counters and you only need to bring them out when you need to clean. Well, those little blue cleaning bottles are now everywhere, all over the store. And there are signs that tell you that the little blue cleaning bottles are there to disinfect. They're on every cash register. They're on every counter. They're on the belt loop of every employee. All employees have to go out with masks and gloves and glasses. All of the supermarket carts, the shopping carts have gloves where you can, the little plastic gloves that you can put on and before, you, before you take over the cart. Like we talked about um, uh, in-store operations change, business hours needs to change, um, and all of this stuff needs to be implemented fast. Our clients are changing their business models, specifically to serve the community. We know of one client who changed their entire pricing model. They're matching the prices of everybody else in the neighborhood so that nobody thinks they're price gouging uh, uh, at this moment in time, which is a tough concept when these guys were everyday low price only three weeks ago. Home delivery is becoming a business model that people are trying to, trying to staff up as best and as fast as they can. It helps at-risk groups in the community and that message trickles through to the rest of the community. Obviously, there's security challenges for loss prevention and shrink reduction. Serious staffing, staffing problems. And the problem isn't necessarily the internal and external theft patterns. We keep a solid track on what's going on in our customers' stores, thanks to our advanced technologies. 
But the real problem is what you don't know. And when things settle down and we start to count, I think we're in for a little bit of a big surprise. Now the government is critical to operations and safety, but here in Spain, you can't depend on the government. They've been slow to release uh, best practices. They've been slow to release any type of critical uh, instruction with regards to how our customers should attack this problem. And help is still not arriving. Um, and therefore, our message to our customers is don't count on the government because all of this stuff can be fixed at your store. Now here's a list of some of the great stuff that, our, that, that, that people are doing and we have filtered this list for what is working, in-store changes that are working. And the point is obviously proper cleaning procedures and documentation, but not only that, show it, wear it, yell and, and, and tell your customers what you're doing about the cleaning and the disinfecting, uh, the things that, that you're doing in the store to protect their A big one in Spain has been priority access for elderly or disabled customers. From 8 o'clock to 9.30, you can go into many stores in Spain as an elderly person. Do your shopping in a less crowded environment um, and uh, not be at risk of, uh, or, or, or not be as close to other members of the community. It's been a fantastic uh, process they've put in place and the message has gotten out and gone viral. It's been a big boon for those who've implemented it. Asking customers to shop alone and without a family has been uh, a need that many of our, our retailers have expressed, um, but it's been very difficult to implement. Think about the whole family at home, not 24 hours, not 72 hours, for weeks at a time. So prohibiting, for example, in Spain, one of our custom, one of the retailers in Spain prohibited the entrance of children into the shopping environment. Now that didn't go over very well at all. So one thing is to ask customers to shop alone, and the other thing is to force customers to shop alone. Our suggestion is to ask customers to shop alone. What has changed the face of the shopping environment in Spain is the one in one out policy. It's actually a customer experience that customers in Spain are looking for. Customers want to see that things are under control. Customers want to see that their security is important. And customers want to see that, there's, that the, these companies are doing things with their safety in mind. And the other part of a uh, great operations tip for, for some of our customers is to just 
put the high demand products right in the middle of the aisle. Try to get the stuff that everybody wants, the milk, the toilet paper, I guess the, the sugar, uh, the basics into the hands of our customers as quickly and easily as possible. Here's some of the business model changes that some of our customers are, have, uh, have implemented in Spain. Delivery and curbside pickup, absolutely, for supermarket customers. This has been great um, and it's been well received by communities that understand that the supermarkets are going out of their way to protect at-risk individuals who can't leave their house. Creating bundled goods to minimize handling. Obviously, in Spain, nobody is selling anything in bulk. Everything comes with a package. But not only that, we've seen some of our customers put together extended packages, just the basics, just the fruit, just the vegetables. And instead of having to select each and every individual item, you just grab the bag and the bag in itself has a one price on it. It's been a very successful uh, branding and packaging initiative on, on behalf of a number of our clients here. In Spain, high risk or non-essential departments are already closed. As I said before, the unions are trying to shut down the, the whiskey aisle and, and the wine aisle because they don't want people coming in. Uh, they, they, they believe that supermarkets should only attend the basic necessities and, and it shouldn't be a leisure activity for their communities. I think some of our customers should plan for, for uh, their, their unions backlash in this regard and try and serve customers those basic uh, uh, items as fast and as efficiently as possible to reduce loitering within the stores. That implies rearranging the store for less impulse buying. Get the basics to the front and put the non-essentials to the back. And then embracing trust with partners and vendors or other, even with other competitors in your uh, operating environment. Security has become a, a big issue, obviously. Now I'm quite proud of the way that Spanish society has taken to this pandemic. There hasn't been chaos and pandemonium in the streets. Uh, there, there, people went to the supermarket and stocked up for a month, that's for sure. But there wasn't violence and there hasn't been uh, a, a loss of social norms during this, during this crisis. We at Alto know that our customers' profitability is, gonna be, is going to take a hit as a result of the last three weeks. But thanks to the application of some of these uh, means to attend customers, 
we think our customers have now begun to reduce that risk in their store. And that is, for example, limited access, one in, one out. Internal theft is a tough one for our customers. This is where things go off the rails. We know it uh, and we're working hard with our customers to help them evade uh, the, the internal theft aspects of this, but it makes it even more difficult when some of the employees just started working there yesterday. And it makes it even more difficult when some of the prices of the basic necessities are orders of magnitude greater than what they are in the store. Security and crowd control has been fantastic. Spaniards have been standing on the street corners in the lineup waiting patiently for their turn to enter the store. Security personnel have been on average respectful uh, and helpful uh, in treating customers. Uh, and as I said before, but it is a really, really uh, important advantage for somebody who knows that this is going to happen when the non-food stores close, it's an opportunity to staff up to handle the rush, which is what happened in Spain. So a couple of key takeaways, security, safety and control is the new customer experience. I often think about those retail gurus who always talk about customer experience and the customer journey and the customer pain points. Well, that was then, this is now. The new customer experience, especially in Spain, is uh, a store that's under control, a store, a store that's safe to shop in, and a, and a store that guarantees my security until I get back home. I really feel how you treat your employees during this crisis is ever more transparent to your customers. They're part of the same community, they're at the same risk, and, uh, and that message, uh, employee satisfaction, will now trickle down faster and more than ever to your customers. I would encourage all of our customers worldwide, uh, Grupo Alto, to look to the medium term. Uh, Spain, Spain went through a panic buying rush and now that's over and there is a new normal and that new normal is emerging every day here in Spain. It doesn't look good for our customer sales um, and they're going to have to adapt and change again to this new normal. I would encourage those who haven't gone through this process to look towards the new normal in Spain and plan for the medium term. I'd also encourage to execute operational changes today. I would say it's great. I come from the retail environment. I was a store director and, uh, and a merchandise director. I would, I would argue and, and try and convince our customers, get the decision-making capability into the hands 
of your store directors. Allow them to make the calls that they need to attend to their local circumstances and their local problems. Now, when I say help the community, I don't want to be magnanimous. But what I can tell you is in Spain, any message from a supermarket that has in its content an aspect of helping the community is a message that goes viral within that community. Our eyes are open and our ears are pricked up to see those messages and, and to internalize that message and to remember the companies the, that they came from. Now listen, I'm in Spain uh, and I'm available to any of our customers or to, any, uh, to, to, to anybody who has any questions, you've got my contact details there. If you want to talk to Christian, he's in the United States and there are his contact details. And I think that we're going to have this presentation uh, available to everybody. I'd just like to say thank you to everybody for your time. Thanks for your interest. Please get back to me with any questions. And I think I'll pass it back on to Kevin right now uh, so that we can maybe take a couple of questions. Excellent. Thank you, Todd. Um, and before we begin the Q&A, I just want to remind everybody the webinar will be available on demand uh, for the next 90 days. And you will get an email reminder with a link to the presentation. Now, uh, we do have uh, a number of questions um, already in. We've got, you know, you've got a Q&A option on the bottom of your screen. So if you have some additional questions, please, please feel free to, uh, to shoot them across. And as I mentioned earlier, we're going to try to answer a bunch of them now, and we're going to try to um, take a bunch of them with us to try and get some answers as we put out some additional updates and articles over the next few days. Um, Todd, thank you very much for your, your insights. Um, you know, I, I think What's interesting is, you know, we've, we've seen some of these best practices started to be implemented. Um, the, the, the store hours, you know, for, um, for elderly and so forth. I think there's a, you know, there's a few others in the way that we're trying to keep things clean and so forth. Um, there's a few others that I think, you know, obviously are uh, hopefully things we will learn from what's been happening in, in countries like Spain. Um, it, it's interesting, one of your European neighbors has had, you know, has been hit much harder by this pandemic. Um, and I, I know that you guys had the benefit of being able to learn from them a little bit as well. Um, but what do you think the, the reason that Italy has uh, such a high infection numbers and, and increased death rates compared to Spain? Um, and you know, what did you guys learn there that, that we might also be able to take forward? Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a good question, Kevin, because Italy, Italy was the first mover on this they 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 got they started early on the, on on having cases within the country um and uh, they did nothing they didn't do anything about it they stood by uh i guess they were hoping for the best they weren't even preparing for the worst um and they're in big trouble today uh, italy they're having to take very extreme measures to stop the, the, the spread of this pandemic. And what happened was, and what usually happens in Europe, Spain kind of saw what was going on in Italy and said, oh, whoa, whoa, maybe we should get our act together as quick as we can 
Um, so we don't end up like those poor guys over there. And that's exactly what happened. Spain uh, really started to implement the drastic measures that it's got in place now as a result of what it saw was happening in, was happening in Italy. And Italy just left, let the, the whole thing get away on it. And by, that, by the time they, they started to really lock it down, it was already a little bit too late. And uh, I think that there's, they're, they're in a little bit of trouble now and they're gonna be in a little bit more trouble in the future. And, and don't they have the highest uh, elderly rate of, of the European countries over there? Is yeah, that, that's another that's another well, good well, aspect of the yeah, it's another good aspect of the Italian population. They're the oldest country in Europe. They have the highest percentage of uh, aged people within their population uh, in Europe. So they're, they're more at risk, obviously. So that would yeah. that absolutely contributed to the problem. All right, uh, next question. Um, have the retailers in Spain seen an uptick in civil unrest, particularly in relation to break-ins at street door locations? And uh, what has the company response been in regards to impacting uh, and attending to those issues with the fear of infection being so high? Yeah, no, not at all. Great question. Um, no, the Spanish society has not, uh, there hasn't been really any notable uh, activities with regards to civil unrest. Uh, I think uh, I think they've they've behaved uh, really well during during, during this uh, epidemic. Um, the city of Barcelona normally has 500 uh, incidents of robbery a week, and I think they're now reporting 75. Um, so yeah, keep in mind that um, the 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 major crime or the or the most incident of crime in Spain is really theft on tourists, <laughs> and uh, so they've been left without a without a market to to go after. There's nobody on the streets. There's no tourists left in the country, and therefore there there aren't any easy victims. So so general crime in Spain has actually gone down. As a matter of fact, for our customers in Nalto, we handle uh, all of these incidents for our, for our customers. And what we found is that the police are on the ball at the store right away every time we call. Excellent. Uh, next one, the omni-channel uh, sales is growing you know, very fast. This is actually a question from Chile. Uh, in Chile and uh, the customers prefer to buy from the website, pick up in the stores. We see that a lot here. Question, uh, department stores, if they're closed in Spain, are they still offering click and collect, either pick up from the stores or um, for any of the customers uh, or are they only selling online or, and are they still selling online for home delivery? Yeah, that's a great question too. Listen, um, one, of our, one, of our, one of our clients is the largest electronics uh, physical retailer in Spain and they have their online website up and running uh, going gangbusters um, selling selling fantastic numbers but they only do home delivery there's no in-store pickup and I I don't know right now of anybody who has a website that did in-store pickup before who has continued 
in-store pickup in Spain. I believe that everybody is doing home delivery. Excellent. Um, Jack, you want to throw out one of the questions that we've got online here? I'm sorry, how's all this impacted the um, return policies in the stores? Yeah, that's, uh, that's a tough one. And now, so I'll just talk about supermarkets, not about, obviously not about non-food retailers. So many of the supermarkets have uh, canceled their return policies or any return policies that they've had. Uh, so if you buy it, it's yours. Uh, and they claim that they do that. They, they're doing that for hygiene purposes. And obviously that's a big, uh, that, that's a big part of it. Uh, and I think that's a valid reason behind it. But, uh, for, for all of food products, uh, I think in almost all of the retailers, uh, the returns are, are canceled and, and they don't accept any returns. Okay, um, another question that we have here, and I apologize, we have some folks from all over the world, it looks like, that are asking questions, and some of the questions here are in other languages, and unfortunately, I'm not an expert there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what about uh, social distancing within the stores themselves? We talked about limiting the number of folks that are allowed in the stores. But um, uh, I had somebody ask a question about uh, the customers themselves wearing uh, gloves. Oh, yeah. Uh, and is there oh, any yeah. restrictions on um, how far apart they must be, you know, that yep. type of thing? Yeah, everybody in Spain knows how far apart you've got to be from the next guy. And it's at least 1.5 meters, and that means that everybody stays two meters apart, number one. Number two, if you're going to the supermarket, you're going with a face mask, you're going with some gloves, and you're probably going to go with some eye protection. Everybody. I'm talking about customers. Now, the great thing about the supermarkets is they've got a guy on the door. He might be a security guard or he might just be the, the store manager. I don't know. But they're doing the one-in, one-out policy. So as you wait, you wait outside. It's comfortable, it's, uh, there, there's less anxiety being outside, and you wait one meter behind the guy that's in front of you. Then when you enter the store, uh, you stay two meters away from anybody else, and there's another guy in the store, it might be a security guard or it might be an employee, whose job it is to enforce, the so or to enforce and remind the social distancing uh, recommendations of the government so they go around and they talk about uh, two meters please don't everybody crowd around uh, don't worry you'll be next uh, and all that kind of stuff not only that they've taped off on the uh, many of the best operators have taped off on the floor the lineup for the cash registers or the lineup for the meat counters you know, you often get gawkers who want to look at the merchandise and check it over and they end up forgetting where they're going and who's around and all that kind of stuff. The good thing about those visual cues on the floor is that everybody enforces them 
So you'll get told by your neighbor, hey, hey, get back over there. You know, you're too close, uh, stand back um, and all that kind of stuff. So the social distancing is really, uh, has really become a part of normal life when you go to the supermarket in Spain. Okay, I know we, we've emphasized this at some level, but let's uh, talk about it in a little bit more depth here. At what point did non-essential businesses really shut down there? March 14th. March 14th was really, was really D-Day uh, for, for us here in Spain. Um, and it's, it's, you know, it's frightening, uh, John, because I, I think about the United States and we were talking earlier and you guys were saying um, that maybe people were still on spring break in Miami or something like that. Like for me, that's a different planet. We have come so far, or we are so far away from that kind of situation um, that, that I can't even imagine it. Um, so on March 14th, all of the stores closed, all of the offices closed. You're still allowed to go to work, but you're not allowed to uh, be in a place an enclosed space with more than 50 people um, and nobody's going to work anyway. You're not allowed to be in a car with more than one person. You're not allowed to go for a walk or a bike ride. Um, the, the measures that have been put into place since March 14th um, have been extreme. But the point is, is that people take a while to come around to the fact that this is important, it's extreme, and you got to do it or there's going to be consequences. And we've come around to that in the first day was March 14th, last week. And Todd, if you looked at that, that date versus when the country itself first recognized, hey, we have a real problem here. Um, yeah, we knew we had a problem was in February. We knew we had a problem in the end of January. They started talking about it. They, they knew in Spain, they knew there was a big problem in Italy in January and they knew that they were going to have to do something. Uh, and so we went through about five or six weeks of time when you were kind of walking around doing your normal day. Um, but you were, you were thinking, uh, well, there's a problem, but it's not about me. Uh, you know, the, the old, maybe it's just the old people. Maybe it's just that part of the country. Maybe, maybe, maybe. And, and we did about four or five weeks of that until it hit. They sent the kids home. They shut all of the, all of the non, the, the stores and the, the malls. And then it's when things really sunk in and said, wait a minute, this isn't life as usual. This is, this is something really different. And I just want to say, uh, John, I wish all the best to all of the, uh, all of our customers and all of, uh, and all of the people interested in, in, in this webcast. Uh, I wish them all the best and all the health and happiness throughout this. And at the end of it, we'll all come out and everything will be fine. Great. Thank you, Todd. Uh, we appreciate it. And uh, I think as we're coming up on the hour here, that's going to pretty much wrap us up for, uh, for today. Um, we're actually hoping to probably uh, visit back with Todd again in the in the weeks ahead, if not possibly the days ahead with everything changing the way it's changing. Um, I think we've just started to see some of those 
changes hitting here in the U.S., Todd, um, and, and a little bit less than that 10-day window, too, which is encouraging. So hopefully we can learn from some of these lessons and, uh, and adapt to get ahead uh, even more of this, uh, this I, we'll call it a crisis situation, because I think that's really well, what it is, right? So, yeah, I think so, too. Uh, thank you again for, for the time. Todd, thank you very much, Alto. Appreciate it very much um, to the team. Alto team here in the U.S., uh, to your team in Spain, to the Alto teams in Latin America and around the world, to everybody on the call, uh, thank you so much for joining us today. Hope that it was useful, and uh, please do feel free to reach out with any additional questions, concerns, uh, anything that we can help with. We're happy to, uh, to do so. We're going to be hopefully turning some of these um, questions into some feedback articles that we'll put out. We are putting out a special COVID-19 edition on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Uh, and I'm hoping that we will be able to, uh, you know, even take some of the questions and move them into article format, um, if not some, something to just be able to keep that information flowing. Um, this has been super useful, Todd. Really, really appreciate it. We appreciate your time. Everybody, uh, please stay safe and stay healthy. Thanks to you guys for setting it up. It was a great opportunity. Thanks, guys.